Talking all week with you, season five, episode nine. Welcome. This is a Happy Days podcast. One of one of a couple that um, covers the show two episodes at a time, and we are we are in the second half. We are not quite in the home stretch, are we? Wait a minute. We're in the second half of season five, right here, and this one we are talking uh, episodes uh, has aired episodes sixteen and seventeen, but has production coded seventeen and eighteen. Marion's misgivings and Richie almost dies. I'll give you the the um the the credits uh, real quick right here. Uh, Marion's misgivings aired January twenty fourth, nineteen seventy eight. Written by Fred Mayo, directed by Jerry Paris, and Richie almost dies is January thirty first, nineteen seventy eight. Uh, written by Marty Nadler, directed by Jerry Paris. Um, one of the uh, things both these episodes have in common is that uh, leather. Is back. Leather Tuscadero, Susie Quattro is back. She plays uh, one of her own songs in um, uh, in the first episode, Marion's Misgivings, and she plays on a piano and sings a bit in the second uh, one. We will talk about the song as as we as we get to them. But a brief plot breakdown of Marion's Misgivings, and then we'll talk about the episodes. A note on this one: I am trying to see about keeping the episodes more concise. So. As I'm recording this right now, I have no idea how long this episode is going to be, but I'm trying to keep it under 40 minutes total with little bursts of music and things like that. So let's see if I can do it. If I can't, no one gets hurt, no foul, but uh, let's see if I can. I don't even remember what I was talking about now. Oh, yeah, so Marriage Misgivings. Um, the, our leather is returning to town. Um, there's a this concert being played at, um, at uh, Arnold's. Al is there, of course, and... Marion and Howard show up. They have just gone out to dinner with a friend of Howard's uh, who divorced his wife. Or actually, she divorced him, and I think because she, she he started going out with a really young woman. And the episode is about Marion thinking that Howard is only interested in young women like his friend. And uh, she has a... She has a um, a uh, little uh, fantasy sequence where she sees Howard um, being like the cool big man on campus surrounded by young women and, and she's a really old woman and then she dresses up as like a harem girl and tries to seduce Howard and it gets as sexy as you might imagine but uh, listen to a little bit of this and uh, we'll be right back to talk about the episode Leather is back, and the suede's look like two. Um, they look like twins, two two blonde twins. I'm sure they are. I actually f- forgot to check the credits on this, but uh, they look like um, you know two blondes uh, dancing around, and you know as uh, as uh, Leather is rocking away on her bass and singing, and the gals are dancing behind her. Um, Richie is playing. Um, Richie's playing lots of different horns. It looks like he's just got the saxophone, but I hear a trumpet in there, maybe even a trombone. And uh, watch Potsy as he um, he gets so casual when he's uh, strumming away on the guitar that he doesn't match what's actually being played at all. The um, yeah, I know, I know that uh, you know Susan Quattro was was this was this was her time, and it's fun to watch her rocking away. And it's 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 generally fun to see Anson Williams slash Potsy uh, doing his thing. Um, 
but uh, they're they're sort of getting kind of sloppier with the um, with the setups of the musical numbers. Um, just like Richie plays, you know, Richie plays saxophone like like he's, you know, like a. <laughs> I was gonna say like a like you know. Richie plays saxophone, you know, um, as you know, better than Charlie Parker in these things. But it's it's like it's I, I love the fact that he's he's this master on the saxophone, um, but then he was also a master on the guitar, and I think he's been a master on the piano, and he's this multi instrumentalist. But it's never really. You know, he, he, he mentions at one point in here, in the next episode, he'll mention that he buy, buy, buys a motorcycle. The motorcycle he buys in the next episode is purchased purchased with money uh, he got through the band. But I, I just love the fact that, like, the saxophone isn't a particularly easy instrument to play, but he's such an expert at it. He's such a master at it. And um, it's just done so casually. Like, yeah, I play the sax, so what? Yeah, check me out. You know, and it's like he... I, I just I, I just love it that he's, he's this multi-instrumentalist and um, just like you know apparently he has more talent than um, than you know 10 average Americans and yet it's just sort of it's just done to fill in the gaps in the songs like so Anson William can sing and there's saxophone in the song we put Richie on a saxophone and it's 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 always felt weird to me um, that, uh, that it's always felt weird to me that no one in the family ever says to Richie hey Richie why don't you try being a musician? You're you're playing the saxophone, you're playing the piano, you're playing the guitar. I'm sure you can play the bass too, and every other instrument that comes along. You probably do the drums. Why not play some? But they never do. It's just it's like the band is like, it's it's so weird to me. You know, there's a difference between like a garage band and you know the 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 band that is playing really well. And every time you see this band of Potsy singing or whatever, you know, or the backing up the Swades, they're a really rocking band. But uh, no one ever really seems to. Um, they never really seem to go any farther than that, which is so weird to me. Anyway, yeah, Su- uh, Susie Quattro pl- or Leather plays a song. Um, I may be too young. I think it's called. It's actually um, Chin and Chapman's song. They were the guys who wrote most of the um, Sweets hits, and they actually wrote Chapman co-wrote the best, as in uh, "You're Simply the Best," the Tina Turner song. Uh, well, it's it's wasn't Tina Turner's song originally. I forget who sang it originally, but um, but you know, and, and the, lots of lots of great pop glam songs of the '70s were co-written by Chin and Chapman. And uh, so, so that is specifically that's a song from 1975. So that's not a song from the late 50s, start of the 60s. Um, Patsy, however, sings, and this, this could give us. I, I, I like, I like, I like this because I'm always trying to guess where we are, gauge where we are. And this season doesn't have a Christmas episode, and we're um, sort of in January of when the episode aired. Um, he's singing a "Wild One" by. Um, Bobby Rydell, which came out in January of 60. So I'd like to think that it came out in January of 60. They heard it, they liked it, and they're playing it in late January, early February of 60. That's where I'm dating the episodes to right now. Uh, very early 1960, and that works for me. You know, and if, it's, if uh, Leather wants to come out and play a song from 1975, God bless her. Uh, so so that's that's that. What about the uh, the rest of the episode? Is It's great to have Marion lead an episode and she's she's great and i mean she um uh i mean she goes she, unfortunately she goes sitcom overboard with it which i'm not i'm not terribly um enamored of i mean i can understand her it's, she i I, th- I think i think what it is is that um she, the the sitcom thing she does that drives me up the wall is that um i mean sure um 
when when they, the, the the dream sequence, which even has a sign that says "Now playing Marion's Dreams," it when it cuts to Marion's dream, that that is a fun sequence with um, uh, Howard dressed as a college guy, and they're all singing John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, which is the, is the, to me like I've said before, I think like the the squarest thing in the world, especially when they get like a crowd around them, and then the Fonzie shows up and is even amazed at how cool Howard is, and then and then. Um, you know, Leather, of course, loves Howard. Who, who, who wouldn't, of, of course? And then, then Miss C shows up, and she's an old, doddering woman. I think, um, I think they oversell the sitcom on this. I think they could have made it. Um, I don't know. It, I mean, I, I, I love Marion in this, but just her. Um, the thing is, Howard never, never once gives any sign that he's that I can see that he's um, after the young ladies. It's his Howard's friend that's doing it. And Howard, you know, goes off. And Howard even points out that, you know, um, his friend didn't divorce his wife. His wife divorced him. Now, it's it's never quite fully... Um, I don't think it's quite fully said whether or not that's because of the young woman or, or what it is. But uh, And you you understand, so Mary, you know, he hit middle age and she's getting a little jealous and stuff like that. But the fact that... Um, the fact that she's the I guess the fact that she's jealous for approximately twenty five minutes of screen time and then at the end of the episode she stops being jealous just in time for the credits to roll makes me think um, that they did have a big whiteboard um, and uh, one of the things on the big whiteboard was um, Marion gets jealous over um, another woman and then they wrote this episode and to me uh, I like I said I love that they give Marion the lead in this I, I really think that's that's nice Marion and Howard sort of the lead with everyone else about even the Fonz is you know, the Fonz only really gets what like two or so scenes one of them's in the dream that they, I like that they give over the episode to this but it's just um I, I wish um she had she was acting less crazy and more like um I, I would prefer an episode where maybe she went to Howard told her about her misgivings and heard Howard worked it out together rather than um, him accuse her accusing him of things he's not doing at all and then doing the harem shtick which is i mean she looks great as a harem girl uh mr c though is, is highly confused by all of it and seems more interested in getting um some replacement sledgehammers than he does in spending the evening with his wife although in the end he does which is fun but again like i said when he runs up the steps following her at the end of the episode it really does feel like this is the end of the episode and this is what happens so i wish they'd gone to, I mean I'm just say sitcoms in the 80s won't change much from this some of some of them will I mean I'd like to think like a show like maybe Cheers uh, will be a little more mature um, in storytelling um, Night Court will just be get naughty you know the, the best of the 80s sitcoms but 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 the thing about it is that the 80s I don't think sitcoms get better in the 80s we, we've had this discussion before you heard when I posted um Joanna Wilson and I talking about uh, Christmas episodes of Happy Days. We talk about the way the sitcom died in the 80s and then had to be reborn through shows like Seinfeld in the 90s. And so where now the point is if, if you sitcoms with audiences laughing along are um, are seen by some as not being like real shows. I mean, you, you go online, you'll see people like, oh, does it have a laugh track or does it have an audience laughing along? Oh, I'm not watching it. I don't need to be told when to laugh. And, um, and I, I don't know who that's, that's kind of idiotic to me, um, saying that, um, because you, you laugh when you laugh. If people are laughing, that's great. You know, if people are laughing, that's fantastic. I mean, that's, that's like saying, I'm not going to buy a live album. 
um, from my favorite band because I don't want to be told when to applaud. Okay, I just I just don't want to. You know, it's it's kind of kind of doofus to me if if a show a show's funny if a show's funny a show's funny. You know, one of my favorite, um, like, uh, Graham Linehan shows at Con Arthur, Strong Father Ted, um, uh, First Season of Black Books, um, IT Crowd, they all have audiences. Graham Linehan likes using audiences. He likes the feel that a live audience brings to the show. And those are all funny shows. I mean, if you can, if you could tell me, you honestly, you know, watch, like, a series of IT Crowd and you didn't laugh out loud many times, then you're lying. Then you're lying. Or you don't have a sense of humor. That's one of the things, too, with a lot of people who complain about uh, so I don't want to be told when to laugh. Uh, maybe you should be. Maybe uh, maybe you don't know where comedy is. I don't know. But yeah, this this is like now we're in the seventies and we're we're getting we're getting the um, the the shows like your Norman Lear shows and things like that and your Mary Tyler Moore production, um, which are meant to be a bit more sort of adult, a bit more current, um, but half the time they end up using the same plot lines that they use throughout the 60s and the 50s and Happy Days definitely does that I mean that's one of the things when the show started is sort of watching it sort of traips through um, sort of classic sitcom things um, but but because it was shot like a film single camera and there was a bit more production to it it felt a little different it felt a little more expansive here like this episode it really is just Marion just going through all the uh, motions of any other show. I mean, I'm sure there was a Burns and Allen that did this. I'm fairly certain there were several Lucys that did this. There's probably maybe a Donna Reed that did this. I don't know. I can't see there being a Leave It to Beaver that did this. That, that seems kind of wrong. But I can see plenty of shows doing this exact same thing, more or less the exact same way. And um, I... Uh, I, I think that the part of it is that Marion... We, we've never we've seen Marion occasionally a little flustered but acting like this not really unfortunately and um, I think a lot of Howard's responses apart from when she's running around the harem outfit what I don't I don't fully understand his his interest in um uh, going after sledgehammers rather than hanging out with Marion his responses like his he's dropping the um his jacket on the floor or um, because the table's not there and being confused where everything is um his, his responses through a lot of it might sort of be my responses like um uh marion's um marion's i overdoing it i guess is is what i'm thinking and um and i wish like i said i wish it was i wish it was less sitcommy this is um i think more so more so than the show jumping the shark when fonz jumps the shark is how sitcommy it's becoming and how much i wish it would um be more like it was at this point early on even like in the third season i think they were they were fourth season they were doing things that were less i mean it really does feel like they sort of have exhausted anything they had for the characters themselves to do and now just like i said have a big whiteboard up and they're just saying okay in this episode this happens and let's have marion do this oh this will be Joni's first kiss and then we'll do this and some of it works and some of it doesn't and this episode is great because marion and howard are given the spotlight especially marion um where i think like i said where i think it don't work where i th like i said i think where, where it doesn't work is that it's too um it's too sitcommy and not in um not in a particularly funny way 
Uh, but it's an okay episode. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say don't watch it. If you're a fan of the show, you'll like it. You'll get to see Marion do her stuff. But there is the whole time a bit of a feeling like Marion, if you just calm down for a second and and talk to Howard, this would all be cleared up. But then if it all got cleared up like five minutes in the episode, what would the rest of the episode be about? Anson Williams singing more songs. And what is with Chachi on drums? I mean, he. I mean, if you've ever heard Scott Bayo singing, and if you've done, you know, Joni Love Chachi, you've heard him singing, or you've heard him singing like on a YouTube clip or something. He's not the best. He's not very good. In fact, he himself, I believe, has said he wasn't very good. But they offered him so much money, and they said so many gals would be swarming around him. They said, "Why not?" But watching him play the drums is like, why is he playing the drums? Where'd that woman go who looked like she could play the drums? Maybe she was playing the drums in previous episodes. Why did they put Chachi there? That doesn't make any sense. And he's not, he's not, there's no, <laughs> it's completely, it's as unconvincing as Patsy playing the guitar when Susie Quattro is singing there. It, it's just, I, I think it's, it, it's, um, the, I mean, I, I guess the, the storytelling feels a bit tired um, as much as, as much as, um, Marion Ross is, is, is giving it her all. And, like, the, the musical numbers, I mean, Susie's fine, but the the musical numbers are feeling sloppy, too. Almost as if they're at that point where we're so popular right now that we're not really trying. Um, we can churn out whatever, and... Um, I mean, we can churn out whatever, and people will watch it, which they did. The, the, and now the fact that they're... Um, they are giving Marion a lead in an episode is awesome. So they're, they're trying in that respect. But the fact that they gave her, you know, um, a, a plot line that was old, you know, if December Bride had done it in 1955, is, isn't, isn't thrilling. But the great thing about the episode, though, is that we can finally, I think, set us in January, February 1960. Thank you very much. Let us talk about Richie Almost Dies, um, which kind of gives it away a little bit because um, he doesn't die. And in this one, Richie suddenly buys a motorcycle, as I said earlier, using money he made from the band, and he almost immediately uh, crashes it. Um, Lori Beth's on the motorcycle, and she is injured, um, but uh, Richie is in really bad shape, and he uh, he ends up in the hospital, and he, he looks like he might die, but the, the Fonz stays overnight with them and says a prayer. And uh, the, uh, the rest of the family's hanging out at the house. Susie Quattro plays some piano. She does some singing. We see um, a uh, some some shots of Richie, uh, which I did not catalog. I, sh- I should have cataloged where they all came from, but um, let's let's let a better researcher than I do that. And um, and then in the end, Richie almost dies. And what I mean by that is Richie lives. Let me play you a little bit of this, and uh, we'll. Chat about the episode. Like I said, calling it Richie almost dies. Although, although I don't think you would have seen the title when it originally aired. Uh, you may have just seen Richie gets in a bad motorcycle accident. That would have probably been like a TV guide description. But nowadays, when we see it, we see it as Richie almost dies, which means Richie doesn't die, which means all the foofara in the, in the second half of the episode um, about Richie being close to death. We know he's not going to die because that's what the episode says, and they don't normally do stuff like that. 
Uh, they're not, normally not so on. You know, Richie gets in an accident. You know, accidental Richie or something like that. And poor Lori Beth. She looks cute in, in her shorts. But poor Lori Beth, like, like Richie clearly... I, I mean, I tried to look up when motorcycle licenses began. And uh, I couldn't find it. But clearly it must have done in 1960. Because Richie buys a motorcycle. He doesn't know how to drive it. He, he, he And like the, the, the second day he has it, or maybe it's later on the first day he has it, he has a terrible accident and almost kills himself and Lori Beth. And there's some, like, like when Lori Beth comes in and she's injured and says they've had a terrible accident and I, I think, you know, Richie's unconscious in the road or whatever. Th- there's something about that where it's like, Richie, why did you buy the motorcycle? Don't you have a really sweet like red convertible that you drive around and why do you need a motorcycle i like it too like oh i bought it with the money i earned from the band but they're always complaining about how little they make from the band i mean how much how much did a motorcycle go for i guess that's something i should have looked at well i did look up the motorcycle license i couldn't find anything but um i, I guess he's obviously you know he, he put the down payment on it or whatever but there's um and like in the end how he's going to return the motorcycle no way no more motorcycle riding but if he was in the accident just the motorcycle pretty badly beat up i, I don't know this um the, this the episode has a couple funny moments in it and and seeing the fonz do his prayer at the end um i think works they they say that what was in the 30th anniversary special they say that nurses who worked with abused children contacted um, the Happy Days crew and said they were wondering if the Fonz um, could be a little more emotional or something like that and show you know show the kids that it's not it's not bad to cry and and so they had the Fonz deliver his prayer and cry although the Fonz has been pretty emotional throughout uh, the shows and to be honest his moment when he says grace and guess who's coming to Christmas is much more affecting to me than his prayer in this which I feel like like a lot of this season is just over the top um, and I don't mind a sitcom going wacky I mean I mean the fun sort of secondary plot line with Ralph and Potsy trying to get cars working so they can go on dates is, is fun but the main plot line with Richie driving a motorcycle and you could see like when he's on the motorcycle he clearly doesn't know how to drive it he doesn't know what he's doing and and the sort of he's it's been an accident he's he's lying in the middle of the road is sort of oh god really are you doing that you're really doing that i um i uh i, I mean i like that the fonz does give him some lessons and things to show him how to ride it um, and there, there's something about sort of Richie's arrogance when he's on like the motorcycle where he thinks um, he he knows what he's doing, but he clearly doesn't know what he's doing. We know that he doesn't know what he's doing. And then there's a long sequence where he's trying to convince his parents um, that he should have the motorcycle, even though he already bought it. And he acts like Joni always acts and they treat him the way they always treated Joni. And Joni makes it makes a line about it. Um, but um it's 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 really weird the way they and like like Richie says a few things in here um, that are the sort of things Joni has said throughout this season in the past uh, about um, you know to to Howard Howard and, and Marion and it's um, it's 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 a it's a weird scene um, and if it, it, it's a weird scene that it feels like filler to me I mean if Richie is eighteen almost nineteen. And he buys a motorcycle. It's uh, he doesn't need parental um, 
assistance anymore. If he can actually go and buy a motorcycle by himself, he doesn't need to go to his parents and get permission to do that. And it seems just kind of a strange thing. I mean, he should go in and just say, I bought a motorcycle. And if they yell at him, he can say, yeah, well, there's really not much you can do. You know, they're not going to throw him out of the house because he bought a motorcycle. And they're right. He shouldn't have a motorcycle. He's an idiot. And this, is this again, this is one of those episodes where Richie is kind of arrogant and kind of dumb. And when he gets in the accident, I don't really feel, I feel, I feel terrible, but I don't, I don't feel bad for him. When they're like, he may not make it. And the Fonz this is there overnight. And then he, then he wakes up. It's like, yeah, I knew that was going to happen because I saw the title of the episode and they're not going to kill off Richie in the, in the middle of the season. And the, the, the whole thing seems to be engineered to give the Fonz the prayer. I mean, the whole episode seems to be engineered around like the, the scene where he's trying to convince his parents to let him have the motorcycle, which doesn't really work because he's 18 or 19. And, and it's, not, it's not theirs to say. I mean, they, like I said, they can throw him out of the house if you want, but they're not going to do that. And it seems to be set around that scene, which is... And, and like, Richie's sucking on his thumb, acting like a baby. I'm sorry, he's idiotic. Um, uh, it's it's really annoying to watch. Um, and, and like I said, the Fonz's scene is, is, is great, I guess. I, I just don't... Again, as with, like, Marion overdoing it in the previous episode, I think they have the Fonz overdo it with the prayer. I think it should have been simpler. It should have been more straightforward. It should have been so melodramatic. I mean, you almost expect to hear, like, you almost expect, like, halfway during it, like, it's it's in a dark hospital. You almost expect, like, suddenly the back of the room to be lit up and there's, like, a gospel choir there. Ooh, kind of giving him a little background, um, which, which could have happened. So, I mean, luckily they're using the Fonz's character in a positive way, and that's good. So I can't, good intentions are important. But don't always make for good episodes. This is one that um, I just think goes a bit over the sit. It goes over the sitcom cliff in the first half, just by being too overboard and too silly and too. I, 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 I've mentioned this many times, but I mean, I, I the Vera problem. The the um, and I've, I've, I'm sorry I've said this before. I'm, I'll say this again right here. The Vera problem. Uh, the episode of Alice where um, I forget is it is that they all want to give up something, they all have to give up something or something like that. And It's like, you've never seen Vera chain smoke in Alice before. And this is, I don't know, season four, five, six, something like that. And suddenly she's chain smoking like crazy. And she's only chain smoking like crazy because the episode requires her to until the end of the episode when she's never going to chain smoke again. And then you never see her do that again as far as I know. And that's, that's one of those dumb sitcom tropes of having someone suddenly do something um, that they've never done before, but they do it specifically for the purpose of the episode, for for whatever's needed. And the thing is, the fact that the fact that Richie has never been interested in riding a motorcycle before, and now he spends all this money on a motorcycle, which he can't ride, and which he almost kills himself and Lori Beth in, ends up being stupid to me because he has the car, and it just it ends up. I'm sorry. It's stupid. And then the second half of the episode is this sort of morose, like this, this scene where everyone's sitting around and, and, and um, Leather's playing on the piano and singing, and, and the uh, we were seeing the clips of Richie is just moribund, uh, morose, um, just blah to me. I, I, um, I, I don't get anything out of it. And I mean, it feels like it feels like we are this is the beginning of like very special episodes you know in this very special episode 
Richie almost dies. But they don't. They don't. They didn't do very special episodes in the seventies. That was an eighties thing. Um, I wonder what episode of like a sitcom had the very special episode. I feel it was probably Facts of Life, circa nineteen eighty, nineteen eighty one. But but this that sort of thing didn't happen. Yeah, Richie's fine in the end, and it's not going to um, ride a motorcycle again. And I, I mean, I guess maybe another thing. Maybe Ron Howard was just like. Um, can I just sit out the second half of this episode? No, you're Richie. You gotta be in this. Uh, you gotta be in it. And so they just have him like asleep in a hospital bed the whole time. I will say that I I do like the 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 scene where Susie Quattro sings and they do the flashback. There is a great moment, sort of um, like most of the cast in the living room and like all of them have sort of brought sort of food and such and they're kind of having a vigil there for Richie that feels very that does feel very real to me but it's also very depressing if someone's very sick and is near death or someone just died all that getting together just to comfort one another is frankly not something I'm interested in seeing in a sitcom now I guess this is a very special episode so that's going to happen That, but that feels very realistic and the, and the fact that it does and the cast convinces me is is the high point of the episode but it's also not um not fun <laughs> it's not it's not fun at all not, not, not that the sitcom has to be fun all the time it's just kind of it's just kind of depressing yeah, I, I guess like the first half of the episode is too sitcommy, and the second episode is just too depressing and and overdoing it at the same time. Look, Lori Beth with a big bruise on her face, and it's just like, ugh. I do, I don't, I do, I I don't hate the episode. I just don't like it. I'm I'm sorry. I just don't like it. Um, whereas Marion's misgivings had, I saw what they were doing, um, but I I it was just too over the top sitcommy for me. In this one, um. It's a thing of halves, and the first half doesn't particularly make me laugh, and the second half just kind of brings me down. And uh, except when they, I think they overdo it again. Um, see anything else on this? I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm sorry. I don't mean to have an episode where I, 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 I don't hate the episodes. I just, I'm not terribly enamored of Marin's misgivings, and I'm, I don't like Richie almost dies. Um, but th- let me see. Is there anything else I can say positive about it? Let me uh, give me a second. I, I do think. I don't know this is a point that I particularly like about it, but I do think they, if I remember correctly, from the old DVD, ours I used to have of season five, I think um, Susie Quattro is, is singing something when she's playing for them, when we see the montage of Richie's stuff. In here, it's just kind of light piano playing with some like strings behind it. I could be wrong on that. Uh, to be honest, I, I don't know where my DVDRs of the... I, t- I tend to toss the DVDRs, and I shouldn't have done that. Well, when this set came out in, what, like 2014, and I would have tossed the DVD-Rs for season five, not realizing I was going to do this several years later. I should have kept them. But, yeah, I, I feel like there was more to it. The, um, yeah, and that montage is, um, with that music in particular, is, is um, I'm saying again, morose. And then they do, the, the, the way they lit the hospital room with just one, like, giant spotlight on, on the Fonz and Richie. It's, um is a bit much it's a bit uh, so anyway now now what what we got let, let me let me look at the episodes we got next um what was up spunkless spunky oh dr joyce brothers um i don't fully remember that episode so let's let's see what happens there and the next up is be my valentine oh yes the first of sort of their musical variety show type episodes i remember that being um interesting but uh i'll, I'll wrap it up here trying to keep it concise trying to keep it concise 
So thanks again, everyone, for listening. Sorry I wasn't um, enamored of these episodes, but um, maybe next time uh, I, uh, my excitement will be through the roof. Uh, but let me let me wrap it up here, and uh, everyone uh, be good to yourselves, and uh, I'll talk to you next time. Listen to this. Be happy days on your mind. Be happy days on your mind.